0: Welcome to TalkEerie.com's Joel Natale Show, Erie, Pennsylvania's daily podcast. Every day, we tackle the biggest issues that the Erie PA region faces. Stay informed and involved as we advance the narrative of Erie. Now, here's Joel Natale.
1: We have an amazing conversation that's coming up here as we go to our friends from the Hagen History Center. Uh, They are uh, dressing up and uh, and doing their part to get ready for the holidays as the watson Curtsy Mansion is ready for Victorian holidays. And with us, our project manager, Pam Parker. Hey, Pam, how are you? Good, good, good. (laughs) And outreach and events coordinator, Shelby Grammel. Hi, Shelby.
2: Hi, Joel. Thanks for
1: having us. And of course, Executive Director George Deitch. Uh George, good to see you, sir. Great to see you again. All righty. So, uh, what, what, let's let's bring it all in for landing. The 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 idea of uh, decorating uh, the watson curtsey Mansion. It's really an eerie tradition, but. Uh, with all the 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 new resources to the Hagen History Center, can people expect like a, a like an enhanced uh, approach to this? Who wants to take that one?
2: Shelby, yeah, I'll take that. Um, so it's you know we decorate the Watson Curtis Mansion pretty uh, every year. So and it's different each and every year. So. It's different. Okay. It is different. We have so many decorations that get brought up um, and they're just displayed. I had a wonderful group of volunteers that, you know, took on the task and it was a very daunting task just looking at everything and trying to make sense of what there was and what to do with it. But everyone did such a nice job and it looks wonderful. And I think people will really be impressed with uh, the the display this year.
1: I want to ask uh, George and Pam weigh in on this. Uh, I mean, here here's a situation where, like, all of us have boxes of decorations in our in our attic crawl spaces or in our basements, right? But you have this incredibly huge archive. Do you ever like dip into like the actual historical society archive to make it part of the Victorian Christmas display? <laughs>
0: We don't really use um, archival material, but we certainly have photographs from the years that uh, it was occupied as a home, 50 years or so that it was occupied as a home. And um, the idea is, uh, of course, some of our decorations are of that period. Some of them are a little bit more modern, but the idea is to bring people in and see this beautiful home decorated festively for the uh, for the season. And um, besides, of course, being able to be uh, touring the home uh, the weekend, and we'll get in a little bit more detail, and it's always open to the public free because of our great sponsor, in particular the Erie Federal Credit Union, mm-hmm. uh, people will also be able to get a chance to see uh, the new exhibits that are inside the mansion uh, which include, the, for the first time, the servants' quarters and um, the uh, uh, Watson's daughter's bedroom, plus all the other exhibits that we have in the other buildings. We'll have all four buildings open uh, during the day in uh, regular hours, and then um, people will be able to tour not only the mansion but, but uh, everything uh, that we normally are open with.
1: I mean, are are there such a thing as really old ornaments, Pam, that have been able to survive the the decades?
3: There's a small tree in the dining room that is, uh, it looks like it would be old. And it is uh, also has the little candles on. I mean, everything on it is kind of a miniature so it gives you a look at what things would have been like and every time I look at something like that or if you watch a movie where you realize that is what they did they had candles on trees which I think at this point nobody could even imagine doing something like that and um, Shelby do you know where that tree came from?
2: I do not know where that tree came from but Joel to answer your question I was putting one of the trees up and there was lights on it from 1924. Seriously. Um, They don't work anymore. The one bulb did and then it went right out. But yeah, so we definitely have some old decorations that are up and around the museum right now.
1: Again, I think to George's point. I mean, people lived in this mansion for fifty years before it was handed to the school district, and so uh, I, they had the same they had the same boxes of of get out get out the angel, get out the the stars, and so on. Um, maybe you guys could give us a little bit of insight of what. It, Christmas would have been like in Erie and uh, I hope I get my dates right here, but are we talking maybe 1895 or is it later than that uh, for the, for the home?
3: Well, the house was built in 1890s, okay. 1891, 92. So uh, I, I would think, I can't remember the dates and George probably does of where, what stores would have been around, but obviously the mansion is within walking distance of downtown and it would have been winter, and people would have had winter activities around here.
0: They certainly visited for the holidays. Um, the Watson family had a sleigh that uh, the the horses pulled around. Uh, we Victorian holiday, Victorian Christmas was um, very much a festive uh, opportunity, you know earlier in the in the Puritan era and uh, whatnot Christmas was was different but by the time we get to the 1890s Santa Claus Chris Kringle is is with us and um, you know people uh, visited and they exchanged presents and we even have letters in our archives from the Morrison family who lived right next door All right um, to the Watsons, Mrs. Morrison uh, would write Mrs. Watson after they would get together, and what a lovely visit! It was it was wonderful to see each other. And literally, they lived you know next door, baseball throw away, but they still wrote letters to each other.
1: That's it's amazing. Wonderful,
0: uh, wonderful things in our archives about the, about those times.
1: Well, yeah, and if you look at uh, any of the old um, newspapers from the era. I mean, you still you still see like uh, ads for Trask and Prescott. I mean, there were department stores in in the 1890s, mm-hmm. and so they went they went shopping, or they maybe they did a New York trip to get uh, uh, get their fancy wear, I would think, and or Boston trip. Um, uh, I, I I like that when I think about that grand. Uh, uh, the, the grand dining room and the ballroom and and in and, and all those spaces there. What a great place to have a party, especially when it was new. I mean, I mean, and the kids were little and they would have these festivities or maybe have a full blown holiday ball upstairs. Is that pretty accurate?
0: Oh, sure. And the uh, the curtseys who uh, purchased the home after uh, Mrs. Watson died. Uh, they had, oh boy, I'm going to hope I get this right. I think they had a dozen kids. Wow. So you can, you can imagine um, with the, the kids and the cousins and eventually the grandkids and all, uh, what a uh, marvelous uh, holiday festive season it would have been um, during that period from the uh, early 20s to the early 40s.
1: Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. George,
2: correct me if I'm wrong here. There is a receipt in the kitchen right now from one of the first parties that the Watson Watson family had. And I think the total was like around five hundred dollars, maybe a little bit more. But like in today's money, it was about two hundred and fifty thousand dollars of what they spent.
0: Yeah. Yes. And it was it was a January party. Um, that they when they opened the mansion, it was a, uh, essentially a housewarming party. Um, I, I know the, the today's figure is in six figures. I, I would have to go back and, and read it, but they, they really laid it out. They had um, you know, fresh fruits and flowers, which they had uh, uh, shipped up in refrigerated rail cars from Central America. And you want to talk about a, a, a grand party and again, you know, dollars in those days were, were much smaller in, or much larger in terms of buying power in today's. But we did estimate it would have uh, certainly been well over $100,000 to throw that party today.
1: That's incredible. Thinking thinking about maintaining the house uh, 120 years ago or so, um, how many servants did they have to keep on staff? Um, I mean, is it at all like an eerie version of Downton Abbey?
0: Not as big. Um, Both families, interestingly enough, as we can gather, probably at any given time had no more than six people um, and probably half that number living on the site. The uh, coachman in the carriage house, a couple of bedrooms for um, uh, domestic staff. And um, but we've through census records and whatnot, we've been able to find no more than about six at any given time. Okay. And so the Watson family only had three people in it and the Curtsy family was larger. Although I'm not I don't think all dozen kids ever lived there at any given time. They're as big as we are. There, frankly, wasn't any room. Mm. I think the, the Curtsy kids were somewhat older. There were grandkids involved and all that. So, you didn't need a huge staff like Downton Abbey to um, keep the place going. But uh, uh, we have names of, of quite a number of uh, folks that worked for the families. Um, most of them Irish or German, a um, couple other ethnic group immigrants who, and it isn't like Downton Abbey where you have a, a, a class of people who, you know, generation to generation are always servants. Most of the people that we've been able to trace, actually, uh, it was a starter job, essentially coming in from, you know, as an immigrant, and yet being able to then move up in the world. They, they, one woman went on to, I know, uh, have her own um, business. um,
3: uh, A bakery.
0: Yeah, and there were others too there. uh, So, you know, it it was climbing the ladder. It, It was an opportunity to, Um, step onto that first run and work your way into the middle class. And as a matter of fact, I'll do a little bit of a tease for our next uh, major exhibits, which will be opening in May, but that uh, will be uh, called the story of us. It's coming to Erie, it's immigration from the very earliest days, all the way up through the current refugees and Erie at work. And um, the theme is going to be a very optimistic theme about climbing the ladder, about how people come to Erie, come to our community with not much, and they um, you know with hard work and over time um, uh, become uh, comfortably in the middle class or do even better. and it's that that story repeats itself generation after generation after generation.
1: boy, that's that's the story of my family. I mean my uh, my dad's uh, family were were coal miners and uh, in uh, the scranton Wilkesbury area, coming to Erie, Erie was the promised land. That's where the, the GE was, and mm-hmm. they instantly got a job and instantly raised themselves uh, in in stature and fi- in financial stability. And it's yeah, you know, and, and, th- and that's and that's a incredible that's a story,
0: story we want to tell. You yeah. know, whether you're whether you're Italian, you know, my Irish ancestors, my German ancestors, um, the blacks that came here through the Great Migration slavs russians today's refugees you know joel when you and i were growing up um if you go over to the east side you had all of these small corner ethnic stores out there um whether they were russian or, or polish or whatever and today in many of those same stores you see arabic writing or uh, indian or yeah. Bhutanese or um, and again we're doing that same process of coming to erie and finding um, a good life and a good living
1: we're always creating history aren't we shelby again uh, victorian christmas uh, let's get some details down here is it kicking off this week
2: no so the victorian holidays is december 2nd through the 5th but we just finished decorating the mansion so the mansion is will be decorated you know tomorrow and people are able to um pay admission come visit the museum and the watson curtsy mansion
1: okay so so they could already see the decorations so during yeah. the victorian holiday celebration can we uh can we expect something special like our are, are docents going to be in in period uh, dress or what are we what are we talking about here
2: you know, I'm not sure yet if we'll, our docents will be in period dress, but um, we do have some new things that uh, will be there this year. So, uh, and on our second floor of the new exhibit building, we're going to have a local vendor um, market. So, people oh, cool. are going to be able to do some holiday shopping of just local homemade, handmade things um, that, you know, people are offering. And then also, our Carriage House gift shop has a huge assortment of. Uh, perfect gifts or you know something that you want from yourself I know the gift shop takes a lot of my money um, but there's a lot of great stuff down there too um, and then we're also going to have the Erie Junior Philharmonic playing in the mansion on Sunday and they are going to play from 12:30 to 1 they'll take a small break and then they will resume at 1 30 and play until 2 15.
1: And that's all um, this and- weekend
2: it's a free weekend it's sponsored by the erie federal credit union um they're our annual sponsor for that so we're super thankful and then um friday night uh in partnership with the erie downtown partnership we are going to get a horse drawn carriage from the perry square and that horse drawn carriage is going to take you to the watson curtsy mansion and drop you off and so friday night we will have hot chocolate in our solarium for people to warm up if it's cold um, and then they can take the horse-drawn carriage back downtown, or they can walk back downtown. Um, but that's when the downtown partnership is going to light up the night. Again, that's, um, on, really that's on
1: December 3rd, that particular
2: that, Yes, December 3rd. So our hours are, um, so it's going to be December 2nd through December 5th. So okay. the Thursday and Saturday, we will be open 10 until 5. Friday, December 3rd, we will be open at 10 a.m. until 8 p.m. Those extended hours because of the Downtown Delights, um, our partnership with them. And then on Sunday, it'll be noon until 5 Um, p.m. And again, that's a free weekend by the Erie Federal Credit Union. And it's just a great way to get into the holiday spirit. And it's just a really fun time. And if you're not into the holiday spirit at the end of it, we did something wrong.
1: (laughs) So to be clear, the fill is playing on Sunday the 5th, correct?
2: Yes, the okay. Erie Junior Philharmonic.
1: Gotcha. Yes. Gotcha. 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 All right. So yeah, boy, that's something to look forward to, and that's less than three weeks away now. So uh, that's amazing. Uh, We're getting close. Getting close. <laughs> okay. Um, but this weekend, uh, you you could come and see the see the, the building, and it's it's decorated, and also start on your Christmas shopping. What I love about this, Pam, is that uh, especially with that gift shop, you don't have to worry about uh, supply chain. Because you can actually get it, grab it, right. and send it to your loved ones, right?
3: And it's it's fully stocked. Uh, Sarah Little does that. Uh, her mom helps her out. And there's just great stuff in there. As Shelby said, and almost anybody, especially volunteers and staffers here, there's everything in there that you could want. I mean, there's just great gift ideas. Uh, we also have a lot of Frank Lloyd Wright tight merchandise the socks are very 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 popular I think Sarah sold out of them a couple times didn't she Shelby and there's some there's art there's just there's really something for everybody and then a lot of what Shelby will have on the marketplace and Shelby put a lot of this together so we really need to give her a lot of credit for for all of this uh the volunteers decorating everything But that marketplace will be very interesting too. Mm -hmm. Years ago, I think when I was on the board, we had a huge marketplace where the entire place was full of people. But with everything going on nowadays, this is still going to be cool. And there are going to be some really neat gifts that I think people will be really happy to see because you can stand in one place and take a look at everything around you. You know, kind of that little mini Boston store feel, but here, right here on the campus.
1: And again, the, the the marketplace is happening this weekend. Is that accurate? No, no. That's okay, on the, the Victorian s- holiday. Victorian holiday. Hall- okay, we're getting mm-hmm. we're going to be clear here. That's December second <laughs> through the fifth. Uh, is is when you want to make sure you are definitely down at the Hagen History Center. Okay, um, the uh, uh, let's let's talk about the 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 mansion again and, and again. George, you mentioned that uh, um, that the daughter's room is a new exhibit, right? Um, and also the idea that uh, you know, Mrs. Watson. Again, don't they still call the, don't they still call the Garden Club the Carrie Watson Garden Club or something like that? I mean, it's to to this day it's named after her.
0: Yes, Gary, they do. do you- it, and it's one of the oldest garden clubs around, um, and they uh, they volunteered for us. They do a magnificent job. It's a great group of uh, of gardeners. And uh, Winifred, who was the daughter of Mrs. Watson, Mr. And Mrs. Watson, yes, we have uh, uh, completely uh, updated her room. Um, there, it, you can see in photographs where she sat. You can get a picture taken where she where she sat. It. Uh, we have a number of exhibits uh, within that room of. Life of children in general from Erie, not just the the privileged uh, daughter, but uh, plenty of photographs and stories about other kids um, from both sides of the tracks, shall we say.
1: (laughs) Yes, that's awesome.
0: Now, like where –
1: like I remember going through one Christmas season and it was full of Mark's toys. So were were those like on loan from the Mark's Museum at one point and – and they would go back, or do you guys have those stored in the in the archives?
0: We do have a, a you know pretty nice collection of Mark's toys. Uh, I'd love it to be bigger, but it is a it's a good collection. We have uh, several of the Mark's toys in Winifred's bedroom. Okay, um, and uh, we had a we had a an exhibit uh, a couple of years back, just pre COVID, of Mark's toys that we not only had from our collection, but we had borrowed some from the Marks Museum in West Virginia. So you'll be able to see Marks toys when you come. Yeah, it's true.
1: It's 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 amazing. All of the different threads of of what people kind of hang their hat on, whether it's whether it is the Griswolds, you know, again, the most extensive Griswold collection is at the Hagen History Center at the Watson Curtsy Mansion of the Griswold cast iron uh, uh, skillets and so on. And, well, and-
0: interestingly, Joel, interestingly enough, Winifred, the daughter, who we've mentioned yeah. in her room, she married Eli Griswold.
1: I got to pivot here because uh, George, you announced your uh, retirement. Again, of course, we we snookered you into coming to Erie, and uh, you know, uh, on you you know, for one more chapter of the book, if you will. And uh, not that this is your last chapter, but this is certainly a significant one in the in the book of your life, isn't it?
0: Well, it's you. You snookered me to coming back to Erie. Right. I am Erie native, born and raised here yep. and I've moved away three times in my adult life and I've moved back three times in my adult life. So I guess that's like the Godfather part three <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah, you know we've had, we've had an incredible run in the last um, you know six months. We've uh, worked very hard through uh, COVID last 18 months, Um, you know, most people can see uh, the progress over the last few years. Uh, I guess one thing I'm most proud of though, is that during the entire um, pandemic, uh, we never laid anybody off. We managed the budget so that everybody kept their jobs. And uh, that's one of those little legacies that nobody's gonna remember, but it personally, I'm I'm very proud of that. it's it's a good time I've um, I've had a uh, I've had a great run over the last five almost five and a half years and um, only one project left that's not done which is the second floor of the new exhibit building this uh, story of us this immigration and Erie at work but in thinking about it there's always going to be a project I'll, I'll never be would be able to go out if there wasn't a project pending somewhere so I ended up. Um, deciding the end of the year was was a good time and um you know you're right i'm not going to be done with erie history as a matter of fact i am uh, going to pick a book up that i have been trying to write um for over a decade uh but the last five years i haven't um other than doing some research from time to time i haven't uh, written a paragraph because i've been so busy with the uh, hagen history center but uh it's a book on the Civil War. Uh, those of you that know me are not going to be surprised at that. But it's about the uh, 83rd Pennsylvania Regiment, um, the Strong Vincents Regiment, and um, one of the most elite units in the Union Army. Hasn't had a thoroughly modern um, take on it since um, the first book was written on it back in 1865. So, wow. Uh, this is going to be a chance for me to, uh, to focus on that and uh, hopefully do another project or two for Erie History. As I go
1: along did, uh, did uh, just real quick, because I am just curious and, you know, I can be random. But um, who was who was uh, the senior general for either the Corps or the army that was above Vincent? Uh, did he have multiple generals through the Oh, yeah. Okay.
0: So Vincent Vincent commanded four regiments, which included the 83rd Pennsylvania. There was one from Michigan, one from Maine and one from New York. As a brigade commander above him becomes a division commander, above him comes a corps commander, and above him comes the army commander. And the army commander at Gettysburg, where Vincent was mortally wounded, was a guy by the name of George Meade from Catch Philadelphia, him. and he would command the Army of the Potomac um, through the end of the war. And he was uh, he was very um, uh, appreciative of Vincent even prior to the Battle of Gettysburg. And I'll be uh, one quick story. Uh, Meade wrote a lengthy telegram to President Lincoln the night of the 2nd of July, which is the second day of the battle. That was the uh, Gettysburg. That was the day that um, Vincent was mortally wounded. And in this lengthy telegram, he only mentions one name and that's strong Vincent. Wow. And he asks Lincoln to promote him to brigadier General general. Um, At that time, knowing that he would probably be dying, and Lincoln did so. So, um, gives you an idea about how important um, our guy from Erie, Strong Vincent, um, was to the commander of the army.
1: Wow, that's amazing. That's that. That's amazing. We, I can't wait to to read that book. And again, uh, the uh, the this this era and and the idea that these. That these Erieites and these people from Waterford and Erie County in general in the region fought for, um, you know, fought for emancipation. You know, I think they knew what they were fighting for. Uh, They 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 knew, you know, they knew what the great mission was, and they were willing to die on the battlefield. For the saving of the union, it's 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 really remarkable. So, uh, congratulations on on your efforts in that. It, I, I want to ask you about your tenure at uh, at the uh, historical society. Was there a moment, we, you know, after you arrived, it said, you know, we we need to like go big or go home with this thing?
0: Um, it evolved. But one of the very first things that the board asked me to do, because it had been unsuccessfully tried for several years, was to acquire the um, Wood Morrison property next door. That's that beautiful 1858 brick home, which at that time was the law office of George Shrek. Um, George, you know, it was not quite ready to to uh, to abandon, move, sell the house. And so he and I spent about 11 months just talking and getting to know each other and you know, looking forward. And um, he finally agreed that um, he would sell, he's moved his law office to, a, to a, a different spot now, but that really rounded out the campus. And it, it gave us this beautiful building that we could renovate and turn into our education center, um, build some more exhibits there but it also gave us the land between what was behind or north of Wood Morrison um, and uh, then the land that we owned um, uh, north of our archives building. It gave us the opportunity to build the 6,000 square foot new exhibit building where the right office is on the second floor where we're going to be doing this new exhibit. So it it was in that process of of, uh, acquiring the Wood Morrison House, and then thinking about this new exhibit building. the The first plan was, gee, just kind of a little one-story thing. But I said, no, let's really go big. Let's go, you know, two full stories. Um, in intermixed with that was the uh, was looking at the uh, Franklert Wright office to purchase or uh, Tom Hagen to purchase and then donate to us. And so it was that. Um, 2017 was the year that kind of all of this uh, dreaming came together. And then, um, once we were on our way to building the new exhibit building, we engaged with the uh, exhibit designers from uh, Virginia, the uh, PRD group, who is award winning exhibit designers. And it just grew from there, uh, I think uh, from 17 through 18. And then we started uh, building out. So, it uh, it it was kind of like a, a wave that just kept building.
1: It, it, it's it's remarkable and again it it shows that things take time I, I, again uh even when we've talked about the archives you know and the archives uh in and, in and, in and, and kind of right sizing the archives right and uh cataloging and and getting them all di- not digitized but at least a digital catalog right I mean well, we
0: are we are working on digitizing and and I want to shout out to county council and the county executive. Um, we just received a wonderful grant from them, which is uh, really going to help jumpstart and modernize our archives uh, with the digital process. They um, they were able to find some money out of the year-end budget, and um, we're very grateful to them for that.
1: That's remarkable. So uh, let's look forward here. So um, when do you think that the the last two exhibits would be online? Are we talking about next year or twenty twenty three? What?
0: Um, well, we have a we have a date that we set several months ago, and we're still on track for it. Hoping to uh, have an opening uh, uh, May twentieth of two thousand twenty two. Oh, coming
1: right up! Jeez. Okay. People need to understand that this is not. <laughs> this is not your your childhood going to see the 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 Aunt Matt Anthony Wayne pot, you know, with a with a cardboard sticker on it. Um, this is super high end. I I I I think it's akin to the Heinz History Center in Pittsburgh, where it's you know interactive, maybe even beyond that as far as the interactivity and and. Uh, and it's just so appropriately eerie. Pam, weigh in on this again. When when you have new people discover or people that remember again the the kids that like me that you know would run around and get to the eerie stone and the Matt Anthony pot and and all the you know all the other eerie stuff um, when they come into this new place.
3: But people remember uh, where the pot used to be. I think it was in the mansion. There were times it was in the basement. Yeah, I I remember in the basement. I saw it, Um, and people do remember being in the basement. The the train was down there. Mm -hmm. Um, There were art classes that were held down Mm -hmm. there. There were also art art classes held in Wood Morrison. And when a lot of people came through for our grand opening, they shared memories of those. Um, And then there's some more current memories where kids who would be, um, you know, in Shelby's age group. Remember being here for the Harry Potter cr- camps, and one young fellow that I brought through said he remembered exactly where he sat on the third floor of the Watson-Curtsey Mansion, and he remembered vividly the things that he would have done. It had to be ten years previous, even more than that. But there are a lot of things that went on here, even you know the, that again, it's just all the different age groups, and when people came through and still come through with their kids or grandkids they will share these memories and it's always kind of heartwarming to hear that, uh, or, you know, what, what event they were here for. So that, uh, as Shelby could tell you, if there was a wedding or if it was a meeting or, um, you know, one of the garden folks would have had something here, things that have been outside. So there's plenty for people to share with one another. And the the ballroom, everything on the third floor, there are people who still walk through who don't know the history of houses and particularly the entire way along here, ballrooms were always on the third floor. It was one of those things that people did that everybody that like our age would say, well, why would you do that? But that is what people did. Yeah. I
1: think it's important too. Again, when we talk about economic development and economic impact, the idea of history marketing or history tourism, especially now with the uh, with the Frank Lloyd Wright display, I mean, this is a real destination. Whether it's on the the the, the Wright Trail, or uh, if we're talking about anybody that's here for a convention or a, a conference or visiting family. And they're like, well, let's let's hit the museum. I mean, that is a real deal, uh, and it's now we have this incredibly um, impactful asset uh, that that again, even by the end of next year, will be that much bigger and better.
3: Well, the uh, right trail, we are currently on the Visit Buffalo Great Right Road Trip, so we're on that, and then uh, we will be working on some other things that uh, next year will be coming up with hopefully a couple of other things, but there are also some, the lights are going out in here, by the way. <laughs> <There are laughs> that snowstorm
1: is coming, you know.
3: <laughs> I think they're trying to tell me something, Joel.
1: <laughs> That's it.
3: <laughs> but there are folks who have come in here specifically to see Frank Lloyd Wright. Yeah. Uh, there were some folks from Springfield, Springfield, Ohio, who were here right after the Conservancy had had their conference up in buffalo and then we had 32 people on a bus trip that came here from that conference george was up there for the conference but people come through all the time and they they will announce when they kind of walk into the visitor center and say well we we were at the conference or we did a virtual with the conference but we didn't have time to come here so we're here now and um and then we've had people come through there was a couple that came through from philadelphia and they were here to take a look at the Frank Lloyd Wright, and they were going to make their way up to Buffalo. So these people are here. They're going to they're spend money. You know, they're going to stay overnight. They're going to eat dinner. They're going to eat lunch, breakfast, whatever. And this was funny because she was a teacher. Yes. And she was teaching third graders, and all she wanted to talk about was she was, where's that pot? I got it. <laughs> and I, I did a little video. She said, I have to be able to show them that I was actually here because she'd been talking about that.
1: Oh, my word. So, Shelby, let's, it all it's it's amazing. It, Shelby, okay, let's bring this plane in for landing. Let's remind people uh, about the events. And, um, and it, you know, what occurs to me is, I, you probably don't have any availability now, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Um, if people are looking to maybe do, you know, a smallish or maybe mid size holiday party, are you guys all booked up by now or what?
2: Uh, Joel, I have four days left, and they're okay. Mondays and Tuesdays. So if anyone is looking for a, you know, smaller party, cocktail party, um, smaller sit-down dinner, we can host it. But, again, they're Mondays and Tuesdays. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, definitely give me a call, 814-454-1813, extension 32.
1: Where are those usually held? Uh, in the In the family room there, or?
2: Yeah, so they're always in the Lots and mansion. Our library is empty okay. and then we use the dining room. Um, the first floor is technically what we call our event center. So mm-hmm. everyone can spread out there. Um, But usually just the libraries where people sit and then we can put cocktail tables around as well for people to stand about.
1: That's a pretty it's a pretty uh, unique and special way to celebrate the holidays. Okay, so starting on the second, but the big big night is the third. Also, there's stuff on the fifth. But that first weekend in December is uh, the big weekend for the Victorian holidays. And it's free because of Erie Federal Credit Union. Go ahead.
2: Yes, so our annual Victorian holidays is the first weekend of December, so it'll start Thursday, December 2nd, and they'll go until Sunday, December 5th. And yes, it is free, thanks to the generosity of the Erie Federal Credit Union. We will have a local holiday vendor market Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Um, Our hours are ten until five Thursday and Saturday, ten until eight on Friday and then noon until five on Sunday. Sunday, the Erie Junior Philharmonic will be playing um, a couple times, 1230 to 115, and then 130 to 215, and then on Friday, uh, we will have a horse-drawn carriage coming from the Downtown Delight Celebration in Perry Square, taking you to Hagen History Center, and then taking you from Hagen History Center back down to Perry Square, so um, it's going to be a fun-filled weekend, and we hope that everyone will come check us out. Uh, especially if you haven't seen the um, new museum we have. So not only will the Watson-Curtsey Mansion be open, but the new exhibit building will be open. The Wood Morrison Home will be open. Our Welcome Gallery with Oliver Hazard Perry's telescope and sword will be open. And then, of course, our Carriage ho- um, carriage House gift shop with all of your holiday shopping needs can be taken care of there.
1: Beautiful. George, are we going to see you in, this, in the stiff collar that weekend?
0: No, I'll be around, <laughs> but I I will be looking um, thoroughly modern. <laughs> there you go.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's there uh, there's no Downton Abbey going on. I just think it's amazing. Um, again, we ha- we benefit. Well, this this Hagen History Center is benefiting from. Um, you know, the, the generosity of one of our prominent citizens, isn't it? I mean, as, as far as the, the ability to, to do this build out and to make this investment and to save Erie's history, uh, it, it, you know, is, is due to the generosity of Mr. Hagan. And, um, you know, and again, in thinking back to those days of Millionaire's Row, and, and, and all, of the, all of the sacrifices that have gone through the decades to keep those buildings alive and to, and to keep that district alive, we really have benefited from people, people caring enough for our community to kind of pay it forward into the future.
0: Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I can't emphasize how important the generosity of Tom Hagen has been to us as well as the other buildings that he is restoring along West Sixth Street. But I will say that the capital investment, which has created all that you've seen, has to be sustained. And that's what events um, like what Shelby was talking about, sponsorships from places like the credit union, admissions, people coming to see the museum, uh, those, those monies sustain the operations. Uh, We now have 18 employees, Uh, five years ago we had six um, and so much more, so uh, we really appreciate people's memberships, their generosity, their uh, opportunity to come and shop in our gift shop. Those are the things that are going to sustain us into the future.
1: I did have a, qu- a quick question, Pam, that was uh, texted to me. Uh, what are COVID uh, regulations? And someone's asking about, is proof of vaccination required to enter the museum?
3: Uh, we do not have proof of vaccination required. Um, George, do you want to take this one?
0: Uh, sure. Um, we do uh, highly recommend masks, okay. especially if you're not vaccinated. Uh, there are no requirements Um that are hard and fast, but we we recommend masks, especially if you're not vaccinated. Um, Proof of vaccination is not a requirement. It's it's just too much of a mix to try to uh, enforce all that with a still a relatively small staff. But we hope people will come and be safe. And if you don't have a mask with you we have them uh, at our front desk, et cetera, that you can pick one up. Beautiful.
1: I'm gonna leave it there. Thank you so, so much, George Deitch, the executive director, Shelby Grammel, the outreach and events coordinator and project manager, Pam Parker, from the Hagen History Center. I can't believe we're talking about the holidays already, but it's only uh, less than three weeks away now. So it's amazing that it's all happening. Thank you very, very much, ladies and gentlemen. Thank
2: you,
0: Joel. You've been listening to The Joel Natale Show, Erie, Pennsylvania's daily podcast from talkerie.com. Subscribe to our show on your favorite podcatcher and get involved by emailing joel at talkerie.com.